at 1.6 million votes, the good people of IMDb have awarded The Dark Knight Rises 8.4 out of 10. Hmm. That's it. That's the episode. Thanks for listening. 1.6? 1. 1.6 1. mil. Can, can you show me the, can you get me the demographics? How many are men? Uh, 100%. <laughs> Actually, can you look? They're all men who follow those accounts w- that are just photos of Killian Murphy uh, in outfits from bl- the bloody the bloody gang boys. The boot. The, the brain is this Peaky movie. Blender. Binder. Peaky Blinder. <laughs> this movie's brain. Hello, brain. and welcome to When Will It End? It's the movie podcast. We watch the movies. We start at the beginning of a series. We watch all of them. We ask. Are they good? Is they good? Sometimes, we, we, come sometimes, the, we come to the end. Sometimes, sometimes, Master Wine. Sometimes we start in the middle. Sometimes we take a little break. And sometimes then we, we take a little break. Start over again. Then we get back in the middle. Uh, today stop. in the podcast, 2012, Christopher Nolan, The Dark Knight Rises. Look, in terms of movies that are two hours and 44 minutes long, this one is extremely two hours and 44 minutes long. Am I right or am I right? Sort of. I think you're wrong. Okay, because we tapped out at two hours thirty six. Because there's another well, no, but I think eight I mean, minutes of, of credits. We, I think part that's the weird thing is that I've sat through ninety minute movies that have felt like four hour movies, and this is a two hour and forty four minute movie that feels like a two and a half hour movie. Like it, it doesn't. The thing about Nolan is that it's paced so strangely and so poorly that you never feel bogged down by it. You just feel un un unwelcome well th- this is what i would describe as the height of busy work filmmaking where it just sort of feels like you have to just churn through so much stuff that you know is just complete chud Look at what it's, yeah your dog is wonderful she's just sit- sitting by a basket the best part of watching the movie is that your dog loves me yeah she loves you she loves me and we got Wink. to spend some quality time <gasps> together can i just say it is the, the wag, most wag, wag. beautiful september day it's so nice we should be recording outside well, we're at your house, so if that's an option, Fuck. you should have offered it. Fuck. <laughs> I thought about it too late. Yeah, a little bit. So let me just say, let me sum up my shot, my thoughts here. A wonderful conclusion to a wonderful trilogy. 10 out of 10. After eight years in seclusion, Batman resurfaces, sort of, to face Bane, kind of, a mastermind bent on destroying Gotham and has ties to Bruce Wayne's past. Now, Christopher Nolan's conclusion to his Dark Knight trilogy should be treated as a wrap-up rather than a third installment. Despite many new characters being introduced, even their conflicts and motives are derived from events that occurred in the previous two films. Such an approach could be seen as a weakness. Haha, <laughs> no. Since the conflict that could just end being part of a rematch instead of moving forward. However, Nolan's approach what works are you doing? terrifically. What's happening? Over an what hour, is going on? Uh, I'm reviewing him. That's my review of the movie. This is your review? 10 out of 10. Yeah, I'm, who wrote I'm Geeky it? Randy from IMDb. You're Geeky Randy? Yeah, that's me. I always call you Geeky Randy. Two-Face works best as Batman's most tragic enemy because Harvey Dent is very much like Bruce Wayne. The only difference is Dent copes with his tragedy through revenge rather than seeking justice as Wayne did. Do you d- disagree with that? <laughs> I'm not allowed to disagree. Christopher Nolan leaves no room for Bane disagreement. Bane works best as Batman's most challenging villain because of his physical and mental superiority. Forget the many saw Batman and Robin. Nolan carefully chooses all his villains in the series wisely and executes them perfectly. Hardy had big shoes to fill following Ledger's posthumous Oscar-winning performance. Well, okay. Ledger's posthumous Oscar-winning performance? He was alive when he did the performance. Come here, Wink. Geeky Randy. Come here, Wink. Oh, snuffums. It is Michael Caine, however, that delivers the most memorable and touching performance in the entire film. I, I, think I, I went to Burma once. And, Here we go. This, this one's, and this now one... I go to Italy and I imagine seeing you, Master Bruce. This The second uh, highlighted review, 9 out of 10. One word title. Ready? Oh, is it dicks? Epic. Oh, it's not epic. It's epic, epic. So dude. If, if listeners remember, last episode... Personally, I think the Dark Knight trilogy is the greatest trilogy of all time. And this movie gives the greatest ending of all time in movie history. I remember seeing it thrice, and the more I watched it, the more respect it earns. Thank you, Christopher Nolan. You, sir, are a master. Salute. Does he salute? Wow. My favorite part of the movie is probably when all the cops get back together and save Gotham. (laughs) Okay. I I understand that I deserve this. I mean, we did decide to do this together like a a year ago when we decided to do Batman. You knew that this was going to happen. This isn't, this is like. When a child leaps from an Uzbeki hole, you do know that years later, so will a Bruce. So I, I, I know that... I think as a film standpoint, The Dark Knight is a better movie that is better acted and tense the whole way through. The Dark Knight Rises is, to me, a more fun and action film movie that you can sit back a bit more. The action is still amazing, and, com- and, and the acting is still amazing, and combined with the atmosphere and visuals of the movie creates a sense of realism that the movie has. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, I don't deserve this. This is what I'm trying to say. 10 out of 10, my personal favorite of the trilogy. I, don't, I, I do not deserve this. 
Neither do our listeners. The Fox Squad does not deserve this. In The Dark Knight, the Joker challenges Batman mentally, but Fane physically challenges him, which is a complete new challenge for Batman. Wow. That's new. That's it's too- not in the other ones. No. Being so big. <laughs> I can't wait for the next year. I can't wait for the next year. Epic. A lot of the people who like this movie did call it fucking epic. It's not. It's, it's No, it's so cool. Okay, so this, if listeners recall... We did go into this record. I, I sort of begged Josh. I was like, we see the, was the writing on the wall? Why is there writing on the wall? Because usually. The writing on the wall. Uh, you ever played Half-Life? Yeah, I've, I've definitely. Remember when. Uh, Half-Life 1. I've been waiting for 3 for my entire life. Yeah, keep waiting, sister. They've made a hey, scene. Half-Life 3, if you, if you want to buy that, I've got a bridge I can sell you. Gotham Bridge. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm I, I can I'm in. It's rested. I'm in the market for a new one. At one point, the guy spraying the wall. Fuck you, Gordon. Suck my dick to yeah. Gordon Freeman, and, and he, he read he, the writing on the wall, and he was like, "I don't want to." That's really fucking that's rude. My dick. Yeah, I don't want to suck your dick. That's mine. I want to reveal the secrets of Black Mesa to the outside world. They meddled and created a resonance cascade. I think that's really cool that, like, my whole... I mean, I watched a lot, I, I watched a lot of movies growing up, but I feel Okay, like, uh, Boast Corner... I'm just, I'm just saying. But, like, my other main interaction with culture was through video games. And, like, basically, my whole half of my life growing up was just playing as a silent man with a gun. Yeah. Like, that's basically every game I played was a... Uh, and that's a weird trope of... Like, One of the things about this podcast is we don't often pull the curtain back on who we are. No, we, we, we don't want to talk about ourselves. I'm going to cut but this out. Charles and I, we've been best friends since <laughs> we were fucking knee high. Okay? To what? Back in the Narrows in Old Town. Well, you're saying back when we, we were wanted, knee high? Yeah. Have that, I ever been knee high? Shut the fuck up. We've been friends forever. We wanted to join the Marines together, but they they took one look at us and they said, you guys are too fucking loco. <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah, so we made it, our own like, Marines, right? So all of that time Charles spent alone, a silent man with a gun, you know, rather than because society, mm, yes, couldn't understand our different, oh, yeah, the different way we look at the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been forced to become sunglasses. Wearing dark podcasts. nights of podcasting. We are we the dark night of podcast? I mean. Okay. Are we too long and boring? No, we're pretty sure. We stick to the Do hour. Do we have daddy issues? We stick to the hours. Absolutely. Yeah. Do we like kissing girls? <laughs> no. No <laughs> thanks. Mean, we like it, but then we scamper yeah, off. Usually someone scampers off. Yeah. And I, to, to give no one great respect, a third time in this franchise, so we, someone's got, gotten a little kiss and then immediately left. <laughs> people can correct us if we're wrong, because we probably are. But so far, the only characters... Like, of course, Batman's in all three. Of course, Michael Caine is in all three, and 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 Lucius Fox and Killian, Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy as Doctor Jonathan is a Crane. Strange bit character that is in all three movies, and this weird kissing people and then walking away slowly is in all three movies. Yes, and this time Marion Cotillard has the thrill of kissing Bruce Wayne and then leaving immediately, and also Catwoman does it. That's true. Yeah, a lot of people kissing and leaving immediately. Though we do, it is implied that Bruce has sex with uh, Amanda Tate. But let's be honest, it's Bruce. It's such a like old British man thing to think that like, oh, putting out t- blankets on the floor next to a the fire hearth, in front of the hearth is like where you fuck. It's an old school. It's old school horny, but there's like a timeless classicness. To getting like the shag to getting era. bare hair in your gender, like in up in there, yeah, and that's that's something that we don't understand. Let me tell you something about the world, and let's use Gotham City as a microcosm. You're gonna, you're Will you mind extrapolate from Gotham into yeah. the world? Okay. Yeah. These commies, which ones? The lefties, the pinkos, the lunatics. Okay, the fail state operators. Joe Biden's army, I call them. Okay, oh, wow. they yeah. want to take all of the nice stuff and give it to the fucking prisoners yeah okay yeah and if unless we have secret elite men who say exactly what happened in gotham those normals they're gonna take all the rich people stuff from the nice apartments people used to live there josh yeah and now i guess it seems like they sort of just still live there but it's a little worse now well, no, no, we they, get such a good idea about what it goes on yeah. in the crux of the movie, which is that Gotham has become Escape from New York. But we mostly see it uh, during the day and sort yeah, of pretty mild stuff going on. 
so again, I, I think I've tried to say this three times. Last episode, we I said, Josh, let's go into this. We know what Nolan's about now. We saw the writing on the wall with the Dark Knight. What what was very successful worked, or sorry, what was successful worked, sort of, and what was not successful, you can see that it's bad. And that well, the, the, the if second it overtakes the, the, it, the bloat sets in in Dark yeah. Knight, it's like okay, this is problematic. And, and this movie is literally just bloat. There so, isn't yes. even a so, thing in the what, middle. With, I haven't seen, neither of us have seen this since it came out. And I was like, Josh, let's let's we know there will be bloat, but let's at least go into it and revel in the silliness, the fun, the explosions, the Batmaning. And then, unfortunately, Christopher Nolan was like, "What if I made a Batman film, but it just didn't really have Batman but in you, it?" You know what it's like for me. You know, we haven't seen this in nine years, respectively. Okay, add that up. The child that we could have had nine years ago, if it had aged two years in a human year, because we're adding the years up between us, that kid could vote now. Okay, yeah. Think about that for a minute. Let that sink in. I'm more thinking. Mm-hmm. Can, can I think about it this way? Okay. What if the child aged ten years in a single second, mm. but then over the next uh, probably twenty years, it aged like a, a half a year, and then in the okay. fi- in the final oh, no, year, it. it aged thirty years. Right. Counterpoint. And then died. What if you and all your homies had to live in Wayne Manor and smoke weed and play N64 and you all got $10 million at the end of the year, but you oh, didn't man. have Wi-Fi? This is... Oh, shit. Would I you do really it? really on board with Would it. Would you do Where, it? Are no we Wi-Fi. Or- are we orphans? Yeah, you're all orphans. <laughs> and I'm in. Okay. <laughs> I'm in. Um, no, but no. this is... When oh, we went fuck. back to... This was like, for me, confronting... We all had a childhood bully. Right, I never. I sort of did. I had a. I had you a guy, needed one. I, I had guess a guy, life so was your bully. I, I lived in a pretty nice town. I did have a guy who was on my my baseball team. We were not really friends, but he sort of got rude in <sighs> high school. But you know, I was a mean kid. Uh huh. He got ringworm, and I I actually forget his name now. I just remember him as ringworm because I used to call him that. Wow, that's really mean. Right, but he like it's so that's the thing with bullying is like who started it really? I remember hating him, but who, maybe yeah. maybe he hated me because I did something that was bad to him. Right. Well, there's a, I think we all have a fantasy where we we get a fucking gun, and we go back to our childhood bully, and we don't like kill him, but we just like put it in his mouth and say, "Who's the big man now? Who's on? Who's in charge now? Who's boss?" Who okay? is it? I don't know. So this movie was like our childhood bully, is what I'm saying. But this time we go back to the childhood bully, ready right, to just like humiliate and shame this person because we're so full, we're so angry. Shut up, Wink! Hey, come on, man! Don't talk. I'm don't, trying to monologue. Talk to my dog that I'm way. I'm sorry, Wink. Thank you. And bully is a freaking drunk guy on the street. Oh, bully so isn't a cool guy to stick a gun in his mouth and make him cry in front of his whole family and friends like you dream of. Bully a drunk I, guy. That, wait, I didn't know that was in your dream. Oh, yeah. Everyone sees <laughs> Everyone he's he loves. the bully now. Everyone's, you know, <laughs> he pushed you around not anymore. Now you're on top. This is like you go back to bully, and instead of getting the pleasure of, like, you know, going to his fucking million-dollar mansion, you know, kicking the door open and mm-hmm. saying, hey, bully, I got I got a present for you. It's a gun. In your mouth. In, in your mouth, buddy. Yeah. Instead, it's a uh, drunk guy on the street, and you're like, ah, oh, this is... Just kind of a bummer. So my my it's just my, bad. My little fantasy. Okay. My little bully fantasy. Okay. <laughs> it was. Uh, I find him on Facebook. I send him a little DM. Say, hey man, I know I know we had some problems in our youth, but how about we just go to your parents' grave? Because <laughs> I've murdered them. We could try to hash it out. <laughs> Sounds like you're the bully in that situation. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Who's the bully? And that's, I guess, what this movie's saying? Yeah, basically an awesome film. My sole complaint, another spoiler here, Bane's death. I'll give it this. It was realistic. I expected yes. his death to be long, drawn-out, sentimental thing. But in reality, his head got blown off in a flash. At it first, didn't. I thought it was stupid. At first, I thought it was stupid. But it's sort of it's sort of more realistic, considering it's a superhero movie anyway. 10 out of 10. <laughs> These are good reviews. No one wraps up a trilogy like Nolan. Oh. He's done it many times. To- oh, no, sorry. It's the only time he wrapped no up a trilogy. No one wraps him up, though. Yeah. He, I mean, this is his no big success. No one wraps him up like Nolan. Ah, oh, so I... This movie is just... It's, it, as I said, I used the word unwelcoming earlier. It's like this movie does not even allow you to enjoy it. There's nothing... 
to hold on to. They're, all the care, like this is the beauty of franchising. You get to make another movie with characters that you know and like or dislike. It doesn't matter. You know them. And no one's like, I'm going to make a movie with the same character names, but basically have nothing carry over between these movies. It's so crazy. Well, for one, the dialogue, which has always been a problem in yeah. the series, hits a nadir here where everyone is just Nolan talking at all times. Like every single character sounds exactly the same. Yeah. You mentioned like different conversations between different people sound like the same person. Well, everyone starts, you know, everyone's like, you know, Oh, Jim Gordon was a wartime leader. Now it's peace. And then, then fucking JGL is like, why is still up here looking around like it's still war? We're still at war. And it's like the, everyone's using the same hackney, tired metaphors until they stop doing in it conversation, right? Yeah. It's just the thing is like usually you know sometimes people hate movies because the director makes really intense choices that are hard to grapple with. In, in this movie. There's nothing to even argue against. There's no heart or or soul to this movie. It is just a typically cluttered, bloated, overly elaborate plot that just sort of unspools at a rate that makes no sense. There are no connections. All the loose ends in The Dark Knight we noted just times that by a trillion in this. None of it makes sense. And, And people are so willing to be like, oh, it's just a superhero movie. But it's like the less this feels real... As a, even as a fictional fucking superhero movie, the less of an impact any of it has. So when 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 Brucey goes from Pitt in a, in Uzbekistan, and then he's just in Gotham, which is a fortified island surrounded by armed guards and the military, and he has no money, and he's yeah. just suddenly there, and we're like, oh, Bruce did it again, I guess. Anyways, on with the show. It's like. They're not even trying. Yeah, the, the, every choice is what's the easiest way to finish shooting the script. There's nothing this, else, and this is why I think Inception is ultimately a, not a great movie, but it's sort of fun. But like we were talking before the record, like Nolan is so bad at connecting his plot, he doesn't seem to care about it. He seems to like focus on details that don't actually matter to then just cut to a whole new scene. And like Inception, and I think Tenet is a very good example of him being like. I know I'm bad at this, or maybe he doesn't know it, but he's just like, what if I made a movie about dreams so that I could just randomly cut anywhere and it doesn't matter? Or what if I made a movie where time doesn't like work right so I could just literally cut to the next thing and no one does? It doesn't matter. It, it can. I think he's most successful when he can be confusing, like where his plot doesn't matter to the point where it's okay if we feel confused. Well, okay, so obviously I really have not given Tenet its proper due yet. Um, to be fair, but yeah, we, what you're saying is is correct. Like, I it makes sense to me that if Nolan makes a decision that you know what the the whole fuck like I can play with the chronology of anything because it's worked and yeah, it's baked into the setting. pie. Yeah, great. Okay, fine. You did did the work as you were talking about with Inception. You know, when I talk about plot conveniences in these Batman movies, they're just so gaping and weird. And the beauty of Inception, which is not a very good movie, is that, yes, you know, Nolan's created a world where it's a dream within a dream within a dream. So it, he has that liberty, narratively speaking, to make those jumps in a way that at least we understand because that's the premise of the movie. Yeah, and that's actually when he's sort of powerful is when we're like, you sort of see, and in Dunkirk too, I think, I'd have to maybe watch it again, but like, he, can, he I think his mind works storytelling in his dialogue, like he always loves coming back to like things people say, like I want to, I don't want to die, an old man of regret. That like that line happens over and over again, and I think in the same way that in Inception, like you have four different things happening at once, it makes sense because we can like in our minds, like oh yeah, that's happening sort of concurrently. And here they have a ticking clock, which you didn't need, and it's so unsuccessful. This is the er ticking clock of my fascination and fury with ticking clocks. And you have Gary Oldman scrambling in a car as Marion Cotillard is showing her true colors, as Catwoman is blowing up a thing, as JGL is like doing truly one of the most perplexing things children. in the world and it all is supposed to be happening at once but then they meet how, how chilling is it that he that, that they imply that they just gave gotham over to that fucking idiot jgl like a terror like a, a loser cop who who just it seems quite thick like thick, 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 no or the bad kind thick, 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 like his thick. brain juices move too slow you mean, I never really got it. Is it your skull is so thick you actually don't have brain? Yeah, like the mass in your cranium is is occupied by bone, not brain. I think oh. that's, the, that's the insult. I mean, protect your head's protect. I guess, no, but then nothing is inside worth protecting, you're saying? 
a mind is a terrible thing to waste. So when your spine breaks, just find punch an it, old used Becky. Punch that shit. Punch your bone. Punch that shit. A piece of your spine, sir, is sticking out of your back. I will punch I'll it. I'll just punch it. God, this movie is so bad. This, this movie like, shows that despite failure, despite your fears, despite your enemies, you can be a hero. You can use all three of those things to your advantage and become something better than you were before you encountered before you encountered them. It masterfully shows and tells that anyone can be a hero. Do you think it actually is that the message you got out of this? No, I mean this is so. This is I mean that does bring me to a thing I was musing. So the first movie I thought was fun because it was about a troubled person who feels terrible about being such a little wimp and making his parents die outside the opera that he has to become a Batman. But then through the power of Batmaning, he realizes that, oh, maybe he doesn't need a Batman. Maybe he would like to fuck Katie Holmes. And then the second one gets dark for no reason. And then this suddenly, like the end, like one of those reviews was like, no one knows how to end a movie. It's like the end of this movie is Michael Caine staring at a camera. So, no, As, the, end of, the end of the movie is the platform rising up in the oh, Batcave. But like the the end of Batman's story yes. is he be, he kills himself so that he can go live in Italy with a wife. No one is what? such a fucking posh loser. Like this movie is like objectively an anti Occupy Wall Street statement. Like let's I want to talk about that a lot, but I want to just finish this idea of like Bat. This is a this is a trilogy. This is an arc. This is a franchise. And what we've learned is that he doesn't. He cares about Gotham City. Like, Gotham isn't okay after this. Gotham seems awful. Gotham is the worst it has ever been. And yet, now he feels okay going to Italy? Like, is do you think this is just Nolan being like, I want to be in Italy? Yes, I it so is. I so desperately no, don't want to be doing this anymore. I'm tying I, the politics I'm in because it's so important. sending Batman to Italy. Batman, and they do this cynical bullshit where they keep being like, you know, Batman's assembled other people, which implies something about like people will be inspired and, and improve, like the masses, the stinking masses of Gotham. They will, do stink. I know. And then in this movie, using like what sounds like a Prager U ad about, you know, the communist revolution, Bane is like, we will rise up and kill the rich people and we'll finally have socialism like Bernie Sanders wants. There'll be kangaroo cults and executions like freaking Cuba or whatever. What is this? Some sort of fail state, guys? It's insane. JGL literally says the word fail state. Failed state. Failed state. But like this movie is literally like if it wasn't for a vigilante billionaire and the police – and we, so many and we let there be some sort of like social reckoning with the unbelievable disparities, in, let's say, in Gotham, quote unquote, which again, in this movie is just Manhattan over yeah, and over again. No Chicago anymore. Very weird. It's, it's just pure Manhattan. Yeah, it's, it's very confusing when you just mix in. You can't mix in a skyline shot of Manhattan into your fictional movie, right. but not Manhattan. Before it's been sort of vaguely Manhattan shots or something, yeah. but here's Meanwhile, just like literally Ben buildings. Roethlisberger did play for Gotham for a while, so it was not weird to see him and the Pittsburgh Steelers in their Gotham Rush jerseys or whatever. Wait, so so they got the big big Ben rapist to be big in... Ben? Uh, yes, because they shot obviously no nowhere but Pittsburgh would let you shoot a, a scene where you demolish. And let me just say, it's very it's such a good filmmaking to do when you blow up the the guys. Do, you know, there's a a, a punt return, mm-hmm. kickoff return. Yeah. yeah, and the guy's so freaking good at. I mean, look, he puts in a fucking that's a incredible great return. Uh, and then he turns around. He's like, "Oh, the whole freaking field blew up." Yeah, Cut. and you're like, "This is this is pretty good." Cut. Now let me ask you: this. Were you Cut. worried that Matthew? So Matthew Modine's character, who we know and love, does, he's right. he's he, one of the cops, and he's like, "Freaking Gordon is a dick shit," and I'm going to keep calling JGL a hothead. But then he's like, "Gordon was right." And then he's like, "I don't want to be a cop anymore." Then Gordon's like, "It's good to be a cop." And then he's like, "I'm a cop again." And then he dies. And it's like, what a good story That's this was arc. with Matthew Modine. What a great <laughs> he, he, use of his talents yeah. for this subplot that was so interesting. Are you, do you think you're going to post, like, re-reply? Re, That's what you do on Twitter, right? Well, I'm going to probably respond to... So, fans of the show will remember me and Matthew Modine are close personal friends now. He you. Because the, the head archivist of The Grateful Dead, David Lemieux, pointed out, sort of as a non-sequitur, he's very good in Robert Altman's wonderful 1994 shortcuts, which he is. And I said, facts. And Matthew Modine faved it. So mm-hmm. we're now close personal friends. So are you going to reply to your own I'm going to do the Kanye thing. We're like, hold on, Matt. I'm going to let you finish. 
I just got to say, your subplot in The Dark Knight Rises is a colossal time suck and doesn't pay off. It's weird it's in the movie. And, buddy, you deserve better. Okay, so you're going to at least spin it positive. Oh, I love Maddie. Maddie You, you did a great job, but, you, like, dude... I'm sorry. He should be mad at fucking no one. He should be. That like I mean, he should be mad at himself though, I think. I'm going to I'm I'm not on Twitter, but I would come in and say nice work being a fucking cop. You fucking sick fucking loser. This movie's his completely whole, his whole unvarnished worship. Like, here's what I'm saying. The first two movies in the series point out that there are crooked cops and bad cops and cops are fallible and X, Y, and Z. And certainly this movie in the infamous let's send all the cops to the basement strategy of idiot Jim Gordon. Um, like I think that could have been a twenty twenty man job. To, no, no, to find all the cops pain. in the city. No, no, all of them have uh, to go in there. Anyways, so like for this to come out after Occupy Wall Street, and to have these obviously be New York City police officers, and have the premise be now though incredibly stupid, we now have to put total absolute faith in the New York City like police department. And they're, they are literally going to be, like, in Batman's absence, it's essentially framed as, don't worry, law and order is returned. This movie is staunchly conservative, yeah. in addition to being, again, a just shambolic nightmare that just, like, sort of waddles. It's, it's, it doesn't it's, even have legs or arms. It just sort of tumbles in an uninspiring yeah. sort of... So, politically speaking, it's noxious. It's just, like, they actually introduced the idea of, like, you know, what would happen if the masses rose up against the, the the wealthy in New York City, which, again, is pretty much like the ultimate... Well, I was going to say ground zero, but it feels in apropos. No, it's okay. What do you mean? It's, 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 it's where capitalism That's... happens in America in the most unvarnished, raw way, and it's created like an untenable, nightmarish, feudal state with, with you know the wealthy high above and the rabble on the street. And Chris Nolan doesn't give a fucking shit about normal, normal people. He doesn't give a shit no, about anyone. That's another reason why Inception is his like one of his favorite movies is because he gets to treat normal people just like brain parasites. Like every, we have our main group of of men in suits, and they're the powerful people that can scamper around, do whatever they want, and everyone else is just a figment of someone else's imagination. That's like that is how Nolan sees people, right? Just like, oh, I, I guess I have to have extras in my movie. Otherwise, it'll look weird. Well, there used to be, like, you think about the populist cinema of, like, Frank Capra or whatever, or, like, movies that, like, really were supposed to be about the little guy or something. Or the whole difference in a lot of ways that people like to point out between DC and Marvel is that, like, you have Superman and Batman who are respectively an invulnerable alien and a billionaire versus Peter Parker, who's an absolute dipshit, loser, fucking nerd asshole from Queens. Oh, who gets dogged on for being a dumb bitch constantly and despite all, and, and works a, a terrible job. And like that does actually, I mean, as much as we can make fun of the MCU for being mawkish, irritating and conservative in its own way, mm-hmm. it, there's something less evil about that kind of condescension than this kind of movie where it's just like, you know, no, I mean, I think it's a good comparison. Cause like, if you look at this, which is basically Nolan's socialist post-apocalypse, and you compare that to like Avengers Endgame, which is also a post-apocalypse. Like that feels lived in. It feels real. Like when you get the scenes of that life, you feel like, oh, this is the outcome of what just happened. Right, right. In this movie, when, again, the Isle of Manhattan slash Gotham is sealed off and becomes like a, a nightmare where apparently rich people don't get to have their nice things as much. Right. That's all we see. That's all we see. You see we, three we see, scenes we see a kangaroo court? court where they execute a piece of shit asshole. And it's like, okay. And then some cops. And then, and then, but like, we don't see, everyone looks normal. No one's dirty or sick or unclean. Everyone, fucking JGL's hair is out of thing, place. Right, He's wearing a fucking sweater vest with pro- a tie. This is the problem is the only people you see are main characters. You don't get any sense of what life is like. Because Nolan doesn't have a sense of what life would no, be we, like. No, we get a shot of rich people's apartments being looted. Yeah. And it's like, bro, that is the thing that's going to stoke sympathy for the situation yeah. to you, you fucking sick loser. What a fucking asshole. Yeah. And One, the, it's the, like, the, imagine if there was a movie about the island of Manhattan being sealed off and run by criminals. Oh, that sounds Wouldn't cool. that be a cool idea? Yeah, right? has that ever been done before? There's so much you could do with it, right? Yeah. Like, what kind of society would develop? 
would there be a car with well, a I chandelier mean, in it? Josh, I'm saying in a superhero movie that that should that's usually only takes place over a few days. Like you can't really show what's going to happen to a society over a few days, right? Oh, that's right. In this movie, we're led to believe it takes place over five months initially. Oh, five months! But the window keeps shrinking, and I'll never again. It sucks to revisit this because you know. You, I initially pitched to Charles, let's do a running commentary. And Charles, you were right. That would have been really, really depressing. I thought of the listener. You did. A three-hour episode. Too much. Too where much. We, where we just, compl- we just, just screamed just every sad. five minutes. It's just, it, this isn't like a fun movie to deflate. No. It's just unfun to watch on a very basic level. And then you couple in the politics and you're just left with a, just a complete abortion. It's just miserable. Wait, an abortion you say? Yeah. Good thing. Good thing we're not recording in Texas. Yeah, where the, we could not. I don't want to get political. This, yeah, but male podcasters are basically have never been under greater threat in Texas to talk about abortion casually on a podcast about film than we're, now. But we're not in Texas. Oh, thank so God. we can do it. So yeah. we can say we should. So, I know, but I'm just saying. Think of us. In a uh, way, we it, are the victims of what's happening. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I wasn't going there, but I like that. Yeah. I love being the victim. It's the best. Yeah. I love a high victim. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, but this is Nolan. He has no interest in how common people live. For a movie that's all about, you know, first off, in earlier films, we've heard 30 million souls. In this movie, we get 12 million souls, mm-hmm. which seems like a very yeah. weird jumpy well, number counting. it's because during the Dent Act era... Mm-hmm. Uh, out of the 30 million souls 16 were criminals 16, 16 million, million were criminals. criminals and most of them were executed a thousand were kept in prison and just to remind you guys the listener the fox squad hey fox squad hey the the premise of the movie is that people are lying to beef up a prosecutor who turned out to be a murderous psychopath that's cool. Because he's really good at incarcerating people. Yeah. Like, the, the like that is, is that is the, the premise that J- Jim Gordon is such a good guy because he'll uh, allow a uh, lie about an elected official to be perpetuated to dramatically increase the carceral state to heretofore unseen levels in Gotham. Sorry. What I was saying was cool was like the idea that whole the, – the premise before that is a pretty actually – like to take a DA – and turn him into this like actual actor of vengeance and justice because we know that DAs are notoriously in like in in real world they rarely act on the side of justice to have this like warping of what a DA does to turn him into this like actually just luck based psychopath is really cool. No, it's a very I, cool certainly, place to start. And then it, we get interrogating the psychology of politicians can never be done enough because yeah. it is quite the world. And then you get a Batman who's all, also cool. Like you know, on just on paper, it's about a person that's so fucked up that he has to like reinvent himself to be this murderous, also psychopath to also try to quench some guilt and fulfill some need for justice, even though all he's doing is brutalizing people. You have these two men, and what that turns into is, well. We have used this lie to perpetuate a... We just need to build more prisons and we need to have more police officers because, hey, there's no more crime anymore because that's how life works is if you just arrest everybody, if you arrest half the city, then we can all be safe. And, and that's why, like, all of Nolan's weird efforts in The Dark Knight to make it be like, will the citizens turn against the prisoners? Like, he doesn't give a oh shit about God. the concept of prisoners. That is very much a convenient... No, like, that guy on the boat is Nolan, except the only difference is Nolan would have blown up the boat. Oh, God, you're right. He would have... So, let's, yeah. okay, let's dig into... This is, I thought, very revelatory. We were trying to figure out watching the movie, wait, how does JGL know that Batman yeah. is Bruce Wayne? So he's he says so he has this weird little speech where he's talking so about how some like, people yeah some people say that he's the little kid in the Narrows that that is with Rachel in the first movie though chronologically that would make no sense wait can you say that again remember I'm showing you a picture of the little boy he's like it's the Batman oh, in the yeah. first movie yeah, some yeah, people yeah. claim that that is how he recognized his face being the one person in Gotham to recognize the lower half of Bruce Wayne's but he's, face. But that's the thing. Everyone's seen the lower half of his face. Right. So it doesn't make... What? The point is this. No one's movies are fucking just stapled together with these the slimmest of fucking pieces of, of, of bridging gaps that make no sense. And I'm okay. fine with that. That's like To me, that isn't a problem. The problem is that he doesn't use that to do anything. Like... 
I don't care. I don't need an explanation for why Robin knows who Batman is. No, but okay, but here's the I would love for them to interact like actual people. I, that, rather than just like reading his script badly. I'm not just trying to like nitpick the the No no it's a no, huge no, thing. Right. But here's the point. I googled that and I went to quora.com. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. That which is not weird. Great. It's very weird. It's, Here are the other questions that popped up related yeah. to this. Okay. Okay. In the Dark Knight Rises, how did Bruce survive the nuclear explosion? He was in the plane seconds before the explosion. If he jumped out at the very instant, nuclear explosion travels at tremendous speed. How did he survive? Next question. In The Dark Knight Rises, why did Batman lie about autopilot on the bat? Before leaving with the bomb, he explicitly told Catwoman that there was no autopilot. We had already fixed it six months before. Why would he do this? Wait, why is it? It doesn't matter. It does he matter because they wants... went off together. Oh, what? is that her in Italy? Yes. That's her in Italy? Yes. I didn't know who it was. Why is Bruce Wayne in such poor health at the beginning of The Dark Knight Rises? At the end of The Dark Knight Rises, why does Batman give Gordon such a cryptic clue rather than just reveal his face? He either wants Gordon to know or he doesn't. Why does he take the path where Gordon may or may not work it out? In The Dark Knight Rises, when Bruce Wayne climbed out of the pit, what happened to the others who were left in the pit? He threw the rope back, but there's any, was there any reference to people that came out of the pit? Here's the point I'm trying to make. All of these are massive incredibly credible questions to ask this movie and no one doesn't give a half of a fuck no and i think that's what that's my point is that i've said this before on the podcast too it's like when you're are uninterested in a movie your brain will just find these problems and i feel like if the movie were fun the movie were good and movie had something to fucking chew on you could have all these same plot problems and you wouldn't give a shit and the problem is these plot problems are all you have it's just like, there's nothing else in this movie. This movie sucks. This movie is like the weirdest pro-cop piece of shit disaster movie at the end. And then the beginning, the first, we took a pee break at an hour and 22 minutes or something. And I not nothing had happened. Nothing had happened? Had for, anything happened? For the first 80 minutes, so little happens that could be that could be sort of... You'd have to pack it all together generously to call it a plot, but it's okay. We meet Bane, and again, they're like, right, what's but, up with this Bane fella? Right, it's, it's, this is wild. So, like, to have to just come out of the Dark Knight and to see yet another opening scene where you're introduced to your main villain, who, again, it's nice that it's not like a, you know, oh, this is the Bane origin story. It's cool that he just has existed, even though at the end of this movie it sort of turns into one. But what does he do? It's like... Why does he wear that mask? Who is this mask crazy man? And then, oh, I get to tell you my master plan. You're the doctor of science. Come with me. And then it's just like, wow, we never see, we don't see Bane again for another 45 minutes. It's just. But just like to explain the plot of this movie and to think about the classic Batman that I was raised with, the plot of the movie is like Bane is the mysterious head of a terrorist cell who kidnaps a nuclear physicist. Cut. Bruce Wayne is a recluse cut there's a cat burglar bruce is interested in that for a little bit cut they're just, it's just it's insane yeah. filmmaking no, it's, it's, it's just these it's, like it's the same problem as the dark knight where we have this like story about mob bosses for like way too much time and to... then when the, the transition happens away from that it's so abrupt that we're like wait what happened to all this shit you just spent an hour working on yeah and it's not clever and this is no one I, I complain about this all the time he makes well, all these rules and just gets to knock them all over at his own convenience like the whole opening bane gambit i like the bank robbery barring the dialogue in the dark knight yes in this one it's the kind of incredibly impressive heist thing that literally only makes sense on the page because you watch it happen in real life and it's like how would you how would anyone prepare for the eventualities of this ludicrous airplane heist this is the problem too because this whole heist is set up to have a place where you can drop this scientist off and be dead but it doesn't matter like it literally does not matter if he's dead or alive because they bring it up once after that and then it's like ha oh, this guy you thought was dead was not dead and now he's going to be dead and then they he kills him it's like wait why did you just what the fuck that doesn't matter so this whole the bank robbery was this is joker being crazy and just stealing money and it does tie into the plot but it also sort of brings you into this character of mayhem here it's like a plane disintegrating while getting dragged by a bigger plane is, I guess, sort of fun to watch, but it's not. It doesn't teach you anything about the movie. I wonder if Nolan, if he's the most jealous of Chris McQuarrie of any other living director. I don't know that he is. I think he. I is. think he should be. I think he wants think to make he... a Mission Impossible movie, but no, he wants to make a Bond movie. 
Ugh. And that's the difference. Well, why do you want that? Exactly. That's that's what Oops. he wants. No, that's why Bond is like. On, it's, I don't think it's a surprise that MGM has gone out of business because they make movies about boring rich people doing shit that doesn't matter in a world of the sea of extras that don't. You don't actually get to feel what life is. You just get to see boring people in suits kill people. In the first two movies, we at least see like we got these orphans in this one. But man, again, the entire JGL subplot is just nonsensical condescending patronizing moralizing and awful but like in the early movies we at least like pretend that batman's interested in like common people kind of or something mm. and in this movie that's, it just... the, that's the thing is he's like you don't that's why i like the first movies because he he puts the weight of gotham in place of his guilt and, right. and and deranged motivations and he like that's what he overcomes and that's why the first one's interesting is that it's like he realizes he could maybe not be batman and that he's he's growing and healing as a person because he's forgiving himself for the death of his parents and he no longer feels this connection to vengeance he allows for the city to grow on its own and then suddenly like man by number two it just that's all gone and all you get is this fucking the two sets us up to be like, oh, cool, Batman's now a villain. People are going to hate Batman. We're going to have scenes of people fearing and hating Batman. And wait, no, the third movie is just Batman doesn't exist anymore? Like, that's the big, that's the hero we deserve right now is just not Batman? Well, I mean, Bruce Wayne has no more ligaments left and no more, his bones are all crumbly. And his joints are all smushed. Uh, you don't have any ligaments left, sir. I don't think you should be jumping out of a hot, uh, a hot air balloon. Right. But until he puts on waterfall. one magic leg brace what? and then walks fine for the rest of the movie. That's cool. I thought it was a joke. I thought he was pretending to be in need of a cane. Um, that's the point. If that was a bit, which would actually have been an interesting choice. Right. He's pretending because he's like. But that's the thing. No one sees a problem and makes it eight other problems. That's <laughs> his whole thing where he's like, okay, he's, he's old and infirm. Oh, I know. We, we go to a doctor to confirm it's old and infirm and then to impress everybody with how brilliant they are. We have one device on one of his legs attached one time and then he's just fine and it's never mentioned you know again. Else, Josh, here's another question to ask Cora. Okay. He says, I need to go to the hospital, make sure it's the same hospital Gordy's going to, okay? Old Jim Gordy, that son of a gun. So I'm going to pretend, I'm, I'm Bruce, I'm putting my Bruce face on, I'm going to the doctors. While a doctor scurries off to go write my scripts, I put a grappling cane into the window and go down to Gordon's room and have a 20-minute conversation. So then when the doctor comes back and is like, all right, you're all set to go, like, wait, we're, oh, he jumped out my window. That's not something a billionaire would do. Like, this just gives up that this is the Batman. I know. Why not just, just visit him? Just go visit him. Your it's friends insane. Like, you're a billionaire. You can go talk to the commissioner of the police while he's in the hospital. I mean, this is the biggest budget of the three. Obviously, people are so fucking... There's just so many perverted losers in the world who just clamor to watch awful right-wing movies like this. It's but true. It's no, just he's got his base. This, psychotic. This is the base. Like, yeah. white middle-aged rich men love superhero movies and i think that's why like you know i don't really like captain marvel and i'm i know, I know we've had some problems with me being a yes all men wait no what's the one what's the not yes all men no all men not all men not all men. i'm a not all manner don't say that i know that's a joke but that's what you've said in the past as a joke yeah but like this is why people don't like marvel anymore like yes they're still banging millions but it's like the core group of nerds that really loved that Marvel movies existed are now out because they're all starring women starring like the new, new movie with like a martial arts movie. It's like, this is their nightmare a Republican. Like, Oh my God, it's not first. We had to live through the China virus. And now we have the China Marvel movie. What yeah. am I, what am I living in? This is why Nolan's making movies about pro cop pro com pro capitalism. Like this is what they want. And then like, this is why it has a 10 star review. We're talking about a movie where they they literally like rob Wall Street, yeah, and it is portrayed as evil, and they they, they like execute corporate lackeys, and we're like, oh no, not the corporate guy who we hate. We got to save Gotham. It's like, and here's the worst part: you get Dirty Ben in your movie. Ah, you get filthy ass Ben Mendelsohn, one of our favorite scumbags. 
And he's he's in this movie for such a small amount of time. He's in two scenes. Heartbreaking. He still gets my MVP. He's still he's still fucking gross as shit. His, he's playing his, with his mouth more than Joker does. His thing with affecting really unpleasant accents that he must know are just like gross to hear. Yeah, he just plays, like gross he plays losers. With his mouth. I love like, it. At least you sort of understood it. The Joker has like scars in his mouth, so it makes sense that he'd be like biting at his cheeks and licking a lot. Yeah, John Daggett or whatever, the, the <laughs> Mendelssohn character, just sounds like just a fucking psychopath. It's great. Chewing on his tongue for no reason. <sighs> it's awesome. So yeah, I'm not even joking. He got my MVP when he says, uh, like, send in the girls. And then, and then unfortunately... Why, why can't we get some girls in here? And then unfortunately, <laughs> Catwoman shows up and says, maybe you should uh, think about what you wish for, baby. And Because I'm a girl. And then she kicks him with her stilettos. Yeah. God, she sucks, uh, man. She's Hathaway's like one of my on least this. favorite actors, and I, I, try, I you know, I don't like her, her in shot. anything. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing is I, I just I, don't like. She's not. Convincing. I understand that this is someone who gets a lot of hate, and I, I, right. I, I, I don't it's really not... want. I'm not trying to jump on the bandwagon. I don't hate Anne Hathaway. No. I really, other than Serenity, where she is doing a full on 13 out of 10, I don't really think I've seen her do a credible human performance that I like. And obviously, in this movie, everyone seems incredibly distant and boring and poorly written. And she, that's the thing is she's like I didn't like Catwoman in Batman Returns. What was you this? didn't like Michelle Pfeiffer? No, I. Oh, I, she's, well, the, she's the one really good to part the of tape, that movie. Man. I, I mean, but that's the problem is she's the best. I don't think Nolan always works. I do not like fucking what's his name, who directed Tim Burton. It. Yeah, I, I just he does not make movies for me. Michelle Pfeiffer could have been amazing, but that whole movie sucked so much for me that I can't get into it. But I least, find her to be the one saving grace, but, but we, we're least, not here to we're no. not here to relitigate Batman Returns. What I'm trying to say is at least there is some Dan DeVito eats a fish. <laughs> at least there's something like real in her performance about someone that's like starting to go on hinge. Okay, okay. Yet another Nolan decision. What's the motivation for Catwoman? A secret piece of software that will eliminate her entire criminal history. Is it real? We're told it's not real. Later, but then we're told it's real. It is in fact not real. But then we're told the real real. software is in our hearts. Yeah, wink. Yeah, wink. We yeah. Woof, woof, wink. Yeah, I don't know if that picked up. Why does he have to just tell a straightforward story? And let the characters be themselves and spend time with them. And we will like the characters and the movie will have an emotional, any kind of emotional resonance other than this like rapid shuffle Rubik's Cube of insane rules that just come and go. It's just fucking insane. That's why Bond works because they cast for 40 years charismatic people doing these boring, silly things. And it wasn't like, especially right. Ro- Roger Moore, like, we just want to hang out with Roger Moore. Shit, like, we know no one cares. Like, right. He's wearing a turtleneck cares. and it's like, he's in the Caribbean. You and know the what problem I mean? is, Christopher Nolan thinks that we care so much about the whys and the ifs, but then he's also like, well, I also don't really care that much. But like, everyone's but so it, serious. It's such a weird, pedantic geek thing to be so obsessed with the rules that you just discard the actual part of superheroes yeah. that are cool. Yeah, and Which like, is why I Watchmen. I'm, I'm sort of want to rewatch Watchmen now because at least I've never seen Watchmen. <gasps> we should do it because yeah. that's like about like, oh, these are just sex freaks with no lives. Right. We, we talked about the sexless, the sexlessness of Nolan, and like. You know, the politics of Moore's Watchmen is amazing for a number of reasons, but they're also, yeah, they're like desperate, weird, violent perverts. Yeah. How would you not be? Right. That's why our I'm... sport, our fucking sports stars, politicians, everyone's already a violent pervert, but like in Nolan's world, it's just very, it's so subdued in that one, the one interesting way, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. There's, so there's the scene with where Gordy goes to Matthew Modine's house and then oh, his God. wife comes and he literally says like oh you had to send a woman to the door and then the whole point of that conversation is like you should go put your cop clothes on and march and directly go... into machine gun fire with the rest of us <laughs> because we're all gonna do... march some tanks later but that's like it's like shown to is like a, this is a good thing this isn't even like an ironic like oh you should go march to death like that is as a cop you must be wearing your clothing so you can, we can recognize you as a cop and you must either die fighting bad guys or win fighting bad guys. Like, what are you living a normal life, burying your cop clothes in the backyard, just enjoying dinner? What a, what fuck's wrong with you, man? Well, let me ask you this. Let's say you imprisoned the entire staff of a metropolitan center 
in a sewer for five months. Wouldn't that be an interesting environment where interesting things would happen oh, or yeah. something to explore and try to find you know, what kind of society would develop out of this extraordinary well, circumstance? We have that above ground. We have that in the Uzbekistan prison hole. Like, I was we thinking We learn more too. about the Uzbekistani prison but hole. not really. We, we well, see... they get cable. Yeah. Um, apparently, there's food, and it's mostly just, you kind of chill there. And they keep <laughs> calling it hell or whatever, because there's hope. But it's like, no, I would say go to an American prison with, like, you know, 36 guys crammed into, like, a tiny fucking space who fight for survival. Right. It's, it's so funny. not that bad. That it, I mean, this makes sense that a movie about, like, just sort of appreciating the uh, prison industrial complex that we have created in the United States. It's like, I'm going to torture you by sending you to this disgusting hell in Uzbekistan where, the, like, the rest of the movie is basically like, oh, there's just, like, we've built more prisons. That's the best thing we've got in but that, Gotham see, City that's these no days. One. He's yeah. interested in, like, the mystical spiritual jail that the rich guy goes to mm. when it's like, no, dude, actual prisons are real fucked up yeah and you will <laughs> like jesus christ like, yeah you, you don't have to go to uzbekistan to find a horrifying prison environment we've got more than anywhere else in the world in america but dent act made sure of it oh god and especially just, to compare like hardy's other notable role as a, a big muscle-bound bruiser bronson yeah we're like he, th- like that is exploring a man who's lived in prison and chooses th- to remain there it's and, a, a man who's so profoundly broken by a system that doesn't work that the only stimulus that makes any sense to him is being restrained. Breaking out is the only thing that, that he can feel yeah. in his life. And that's a fascinating story. Anyways, five months of the cops being in the sewers, and they just sort of come out at the end dressed to impress, yeah. guns loaded, oh ready to God. rock. Can you imagine, like, my clothes, I don't wash them as often as I should. Like, I'll, I'll like, some jeans I'll keep for a couple weeks, maybe even a month. And they don't, I mean, Jesus, can you imagine five months wearing your same shitty clothes, like fucking the same 20 but, but people? But this is Nolan. He can imagine a massive underground sewer complex, but can't imagine that it would be dirty. Like, that's his brain. Also, th- we've, it's so strange. We've seen over and over again that the the, 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 the sewage runs to the, the ocean, you know, because two bodies did that same route. Like, I feel like the cops could get out. Like, it's a fucking giant sewage system with so many manholes and so... I mean, unless I just wasn't paying attention, but it's like, come on, really? You're trapping thousands of people underground? But the rules just changed right and left, where it's like, when Bane and his army is using the sewers, they're this impermeable fortress Yeah, with sneaky entrances and exits everywhere. But when the cops are there, they're completely debilitated and just sit around, like, you know, roasting wieners and and sharing stories at times they beat the crap out of teenagers or something. Yeah. It's... Look... It's a bad movie. Can we get into the the, the ecological green politics? Oh, my movie? God. So similar to, oh, you want to talk about wealth disparity in class? Guess what, commie? Why don't you go live in the pits of hell? Um, th- now, the, the Wayne has invested his whole fortune now. And by the way, charting the Wayne family fortune in this movie is a waste of time. <laughs> is, talk about plot and contrivances. You're broke, that- son. Yeah, he's he, Wait, he, he's really? already invested all of his money into a fusion generator that would create the the ultimate clean, clean energy system, clean. but it could be turned into a nuclear <gasps> device. So again, it's like, oh, you want clean energy? Guess what? You want to fucking nuke everybody, yeah. idiot. Oh, you want some conversation about class and, and wealth? Well, guess what? We're in the fucking communist revolution again, idiot. Fuck this guy. Yeah. And it's like we have the same stupid shot that... Every generation since the Cold War, like, grew up on, like, looking at, like, the Russian store with empty shelves. That's what communism leads to. And it's like, we have that shot. We have the, oh, we could provide, like, the person who wants to give clean energy that's free to Gotham City is the mastermind, Raza Ghoul's daughter. Like, this is, like, a terrorist attack based on the idea of green, free energy. Quick quick shout out to Ghost Liam. Yeah. You want to shout that out? Yeah, I just like how he vanishes. <laughs> you like that? Goodbye! You like that, where he gets to learn the story of the mercenary? like From a ghost? Yeah, fuck? that's a normal movie. This is a story within a story, much in the same way we got dreams within dreams, but it's like, so we, we learn about Bane through a flashback where it's all just Christian Bale imagining faces, and then the twist is that he imagined the wrong faces. Right. And, like, and, that's and, the twist. And it's like, no shit he imagined the, the twist, wrong faces. Charles, how shook were you when it was actually Marion Cotillard was the bad guy the whole time? I did actually forget that. 
Right, because, but then that's you find the impression out like, it made oh, on me the first okay. time I watched it. It's it's and one it's of the like, worst reveals ever. You know why? Because he just explains it. He did like everything else, and this is why I I'm so excited. I read a news article that was saying that um, Nolan's pitching a script, and not just to WB. So this whole idea of a post WB and C is like that could happen, and I could finally see if Christopher Nolan has been just totally wrung out by Warner Brothers. Or if he just had one good script. I think you're just being so generous. I truly I'm think tr- I'm a generous he has man. had he has had more leeway, for you. more carte blanche. Your chili was excellent. Yeah, like just give it away. We had a football club meeting yesterday. We got to watch the Bills lose and then the Browns lose. It was a great <laughs> so day. Sad. Um, but yeah, this is like <sighs> no one of anyone in Hollywood has more leeway to do batshit stuff than anyone else. And the one thing that he cannot do is write a script that is coherent, has emotional beats that matter, or is not a bloated nightmare. As I pointed out to you during the screening, this is his second longest movie. It's Interstellar is five minutes longer than this. Yeah, boy, I really I hate Christopher Nolan. This and movie this shit is the this worst. Movie sucks. This movie is not good to like. That was like the why the Dark Knight is fun. It has Heath Ledger, of course, who makes bad dialogue fun to listen to. But then it also has like I like the chase scene with the flipping van and and the blowing up of this. Like it's a well choreographed car chase scene. I think this movie has nothing. Like there's there's no good set piece. There's the plane which is boring. Like literally, Christian Nolan's like, what if I made a, a car chase just boring? The second one is Gary, like, running back and forth between empty trucks. Like, this is, like, how we spend the exciting IMAX moments of this movie. And then, yeah, look. Such boring shit. For a variety of reasons, it's not worth all of our time to debunk all the horrible shit in this movie. But, like, again, where it's, like, you know, JGL as Blake, who, by the way, not his real name, real name, Robin. What? I like it when you go by your full name, Blake. Mr. Robin. I, mean, I like it. Robin. Robin. Robbie. Um, he plays the world's dumbest cop, who at least, thank God, stops being a cop. At the end of the movie, the only good part of the movie is him being like, maybe I shouldn't be a cop. I'm a fucking idiot. But, like, I don't understand the storyline to this very day. We've been told the bridges are mined to explode. Mm-hmm. We've been told the most dangerous thing you can do in Gotham is try to leave Gotham on the bridges. His move is to bring a bus full of orphans <laughs> to the bridge, scream at what the cops slash army on the other side, being like, I'm also a cop. And then they blow up the bridge in front uh... of the children. And then the, the fucking head of the orphanage is finally like, bro, what the fuck is... Like, that was a great scene. I think everyone's like, what the fuck is this idiot's problem? Fuck's whatever. You want a good little chuckle? I would. Uh, I don't know the timestamp, but just find the scene where they blow up the bridge and Jordan Goth Levitt has to pretend to have been blown up, and he does like he just jumps backward. It's <sighs> like acting is the most embarrassing profession. I think I said that to Amy, and she was like, "I don't know what you're talking about. They make millions." I'm like, "Yeah, that, to just destroy that ja- themselves." That Jamie yeah. Fox commercial for MGM bets, yeah, where he's like standing in a green room, like beckoning fire out of a hole. It's like. I, that is the most like just imagine Jamie Foxx pretending to be enthusiastic about MGM bets yeah I know he got paid for it but fuck I'm glad I'm not an actor yeah because Joseph Gordon-Levitt jumping backwards from a non-exploding bridge is some fucking hilarious shit no one shines in this I know you picked your MVP as, yeah, who's uh, your MVP you're not gonna do it uh, it's hard to you're gonna give me one I like Matthew Modine, and we are close personal friends now because the but Twitter dude, thing. Dude, you can't give it to a fucking cop martyr. He should be in the movie. Can't. It's weird he's in the movie at all. The character is it. No, was, it's not. This is like this is. I guess his, classic Nolan. This is Nolan. Like, yeah. he's like the whole story. If you actually look at what this fucking franchise arcs to, it's like about corrupt cops. Like the fact that Gordon was the leader of the group of cops that were corrupt, but they actually turn out to be. Well, actually, no, that does get complicated. But like. Gordon took over. They never settle that in the second movie. No, she is the bad guy. His his number two in that movie. Yeah, she does end up betraying them. But it's like, this whole movie's about cops aligning to be the good force. And like seeing Modine's arc is basically the biggest arc in the movie about a fucking pathetic worm cop who learns that it's always wartime. You right, can't ever right. take a peace break because it's always war. People talk about post nine eleven Batman. On. This is the most post nine eleven Batman, and that it's like weird imperialist propaganda and like a terrifying like endorsement of a police state. Yeah. So who's my MVP? <sighs> I mean, most valuable pussy. <laughs> Michael Caine is uh, awful in this movie. 
<laughs> awful. So I, I did read some of the, the trivia section. All the so trivia good. is maddening. But some some fucking like idiot fan was like, "Now is it possible that Alfred seeing Batman at the end of the movie is like a dream? Because Bruce <gasps> actually died, and 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 Alfred just wanted to imagine he was happy." And Michael Caine goes, "No, it was real. They were there. He's fine. We I'm saying him. Italy. He's in good health." God, that scene sucks. Where like literally, Alfred's like. I cannot see you do this, so I'm going to go now. And then he just leaves the and movie. And then he leaves the movie for an hour and a half, and then he comes back and says, oh, I've failed you, sir. And then goes like, to the stupid cafe in stupid Italy. But the whole fucking point is, he didn't fail him. Batman learned to, like, he's never been afraid of death. He's been afraid of something else. And, like, he learned to sacrifice himself for Nolan's good of the city. So, like, the fact that Alfred's like, sir, I wish you could have gone to Italy and fucked Catwoman. Okay. I failed you. My Well, first off, if I had a butler who didn't hook that up for me, they would be failing me. Um, my, That's the failed state. I'm going to give my MVP to the old cop who says all the, <laughs> oh, boy, Rook, you're in for a big one tonight. Batman's Better get Batman. down, Rookie. There goes the Batman. Whoop. That's the Batman. He's Gotham's Dark Knight. That guy ruled. That guy- very good. Big ups to that guy. Very Everyone in this movie good. is so poorly directed. It's amazing. Yeah. You, you you read about like auteurs who despise actors. And I truly think that Nolan, if he could automate this process, oh, yeah. he would do it so fucking quick your head yeah. would spin. Every, look, we may complain about the James Camerons of the world or whatever, or or you know fucking Spielberg do, doing things that just drive us crazy with, with actors. But like, man, if he didn't have to work with people, he wouldn't. And we have the exact same dead eyed yeah. wooden performances, yeah. and he would be, just be thrilled. Yeah, absolutely. He yeah. he's he's the first in line. Like if he had money to spend on technology, he would be investing in just auto actors for sure. So, so I, let's let's yeah. what rank the trilogy? No, we got. Are you, I know the answer. Series MVP? Are you asking? Uh, oh, I could not. Thank God, Nolan tired himself out with this bullshit. Because yeah, woof. I mean, I'm th- I'm happy for him too. I mean, this sounds awful for him. I'm also asking. Like this is. This is the worst. This is a creative dead end. This if might you can't... be Nolan's worst movie. And there's a million things I'm going to regret not saying earlier in the episode because this movie is fucking trash and deserves every inch of it to be ridiculed. Yeah. But like in the comic books, when Bane breaks Batman's back, he does it in public on a rooftop it's and huge. throws Batman's shattered body into the street in front of a group of horrified onlookers. And as a kid reading it, you're like, oh my fucking God. My Batman's dead. Right. And in this movie, they have like a typically lackluster fisticuffs in a dark room and then he does the back break move and that's just sort of that right and but i think the other thing is that then he's also uzbekistan you're so uninvested in these characters that like he doesn't even feel like batman anymore like yeah. i think if that had happened in the first movie i would be like holy shit but the, by this movie i'm Batman's just like in uzbeki jail for literally half of the movie and you don't even see him it's insane but also like the dark knight really killed batman for me he like he was in so boring and so out of the movie that like you don't even care about the Dark Knight. You don't yeah. care that he's become the well, the, the we've haunting talked about force. that when yeah. the t- the two villains, uh, albeit one I think a fantastic performance and one a flawed but good performance in in, in uh, Eckhart's part. My MVP. Um, yeah, we we can't open a whole door here, no, but like. No, no. Poor Tom Hardy. I, I truly love the zeal he brings to everything that he does. You you can tell he brought a lot to the table for this. Bane's a terrible character. He's dispatched by Batgirl with the with, by Catwoman on the Bat bike, and he's just gone. And then we learn he was just helping the real villain, which is Marion Cody. Then also gets crushed it's in her just own stupid. So like she dies stupid. in the stupidest way too. It's all just a waste. She falls of time. out of a hole, and for some reason Gordy's fine. Bane is never convincingly scary either. Compared to like Ledger, certainly he's just like a big chungus. <laughs> yeah we all like it that's a problem is like he's i think he's cool but yeah. anyway yeah he's let's cool we uh, stay I mean, a while and invade gotham ranking okay. is easy it's one two three right yeah yeah one two three one two three uh, yeah, it's, like, off. it's not even yeah, yeah. and then a the, the series mvp i mean uh i i I it's think, really hard to pick someone who know, over I, three movies. I think Killian me, Murphy. Exactly, Killian Murphy. Killian yeah. Murphy. He was my the first. one guy who never let us down. We love you, Killian. <laughs> and then he looks great in every movie. And He's very handsome. as the Kangaroo Courtman, uh, solid sure. performance in this one, and then solid performances all the way down. We we both awarded him MVP. Mothel Tough, Killian. You are our beautiful little Irish boy. You are Dark Knight. Yes. Uh, uh, stay you. tuned for on the Patreon feed. We're going to be doing Joker sooner yeah. than later. Because Probably we, we want to get twisted. Not this time. That wasn't. No, the Jared Leto was the twisted one. 
Oh, you're right. He's just the. He's real, man. Real. He's raw. Thanks for listening to our Batman Wait, series. Wait, can we give a little? Uh, yeah, thanks for listening to the Batman series. Sorry. I hated. I really hate Chris Nolan. I hate. No, no, this we're not movie. talking about Batman. Okay. It's over. I just want to say, I we lied to you. We lied to you. Yes, because the Chris McCormick or whatever his name Chris is McCory. lied to us. So uh, Mission Impossible Seven has been pushed back a year. A year. So we are not doing Mission Impossible. Sorry, Sorry. but. Don't let that stop you from watching Fallout like eight times. It's the best movie. This is a fun pivot. We are thrilled. I'm really excited about this. Now, we're also sorry. We have to apologize because we're pushing on. We're, we are going to push Starship Troopers also to the back burner. Right. But you know what? We're, we're so excited to do our part. So get get ready for that. We'll yeah, be That'll be next year. We'll be sure. fighting the bug menace before you even know it. We are thrilled to say that after our incredible experience covering the Saw movies, we decided it's it's. Look, late Look. summer, fall, it's the spook. It's getting spookier and spookier yeah. every minute. After, Daylight savings okay? time is coming to an end. Yeah, and then it'll be scary at night. So just to spook you, the fuck squad out, and sorry, but look, this is an explicit podcast. Can I say that? I know. I have to mark it every time, and I still explicit. don't know why they care. Because I said most valuable pussy earlier about uh, my, my I know, and every, I don't even remember if we say things like most valuable pussy. I just you should. always, you should. I just always yeah. check the explicit. Okay, good. I don't want Apple coming after me. Coming up, our next series is a big one. Yep. We're diving headfirst into Crystal Lake, baby. Yep. We are doing Friday the 13th, the... all 12 installments. And I, I think it's the Jason-verse, right? This will be the Jason-verse. Yeah, we can't we... call it the Friday-verse in case we ever want to do Friday, which I think we... Yeah. There are three of those, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we can't call it the, the 13th-verse, because that's just confusing. Yeah, we're the 12th and 14th. And the 13th first part two like i know it's, it's too many numbers comp why everything gotta be so complicated so, oh what that name that's weird like i know uh it's not he, he did a parody of it that's what he, oh, yeah, he did constipated song. yeah constipated it's um funny <laughs> uh so stay tuned yeah. things are about to get sabuki and yeah. thank you for listening we love all of you please follow us on patreon for more bonus content goodbye war so oh i'm getting the nod this is good what what piece of shit i'm being I fucking suck.